Tri-Ball is ready. The Tri-Ball Pinball Podcast starts now. Hey everyone, welcome to the Tri-Ball Pinball Podcast, Episode 7. I am Johnny Pinball. And I'm Neil Graff. I am Matt McCarty. Today is one of our extra special episodes. We have our first guest ever. You might know him as Marv Loco. He is also known as Travis Meary. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, being much better than Joel at this. He usually just screws it up and just makes fun of me at the beginning. So I appreciate it. I already feel much welcomed. That's what we try. We welcome all. Well, Travis has so many different like names. He's like such a meme in the pinball community, I feel like. like yeah, that's unfortunately, that's just my, uh, yeah, that, that's my claim to fame anymore is just being meme worthy on everything pinball. How many uh, t-shirts are based on you? Uh, way too many. I, I think I've been given about five or six t-shirts legitimately just going over, and I've seen probably two or three others out there. It's all good, though. I like the memes. I like seeing the pictures of it. That's what cracks me up the most. You're an icon. Uh, Yeah, some would say that, like, my mom maybe <laughs> no it's, it's just it's a very good thing it, it's just one of those things you know it's it's horrifying when it happens when bad stuff happens while you're playing pinball right when you don't expect it but then you know you got to laugh at yourself and that's that's pretty much how how i get through with it i'm just like yeah it it was stupid it was it was dumb i don't i don't mind people making fun of it for those that don't know it's i literally managed in the world championship against Escher Lefkoff, Keith Elwin, and Jason Zoller, who are three of the best pinball players that ever lived, I managed to literally score zero points on a game just by letting the ball drain over and over again. So, yeah. They just needed an extra ball. That's what it was. <laughs> a two-ball game, they say, right? That's all it takes. Yeah, yeah. except I, I needed ten balls to beat them on that game, not two. So, what can you do? Well, you're going down in pinball history for that one. <laughs> no That's doubt. great. I think that leads us into pinball ethics where when you're in a competition in playoffs, I don't know, Johnny, do you want to explain the situation? We had a listener write in about pinball ethics, Glenn Weckner. He has a scenario we're going to go over here. I have not read it yet, so pardon my mispronunciation in advance. Okay, so he says, two groups of four led by the first two overall finishes who get to drive the bus. Through two games, you are in first pace in your group, let's just say with Escher. He's player one and has played all his balls in the final game and finds himself in third place and you're currently in second. However, if you pass player four and take the lead, Escher makes the final four and the less experienced player is knocked out. You make it either way and you cannot drive the bus because of where you're finishing and qualifying. What do you do? Do you drain the ball and let an inferior player advance to give you a better chance to win? Or do you play your best and show everyone how much integrity you have? Dun, dun, dun. That's a great question. I mean, I've, I've had this situation happen to me in playoffs before where uh, it was an in-disc, and it was Zemac was in the situation where he needed to, uh, like, basically he needed to win, and I kind of, like... Well, I'm going to play my hardest no matter what. I My ethics are like that. I'm not going to let Z-Mac go drowned out there. I'm going to give him my fair chance and try to try to win and try to do my best. 
because he needed me to take second and he needed a win. So I did my best and he and I'm just going to give them a chance. I agree with you, Neil. I mean, it would be nice not to have to play Escher again, but you always want to put on, you know, your best performance. You never really want to be a sandbagger. I would just trap up, look right at Escher, and then just drain. (laughs) No, No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that. So I actually, we had this conversation, or I had this conversation this past weekend with uh, Raymond Davidson, actually, and we were just talking about that you know it just it just feels better just to play the game out and yeah you might be a little bit more loosey-goosey and may not be as tense in terms of trying to be exact with trapping up or exact with making a live catch just because you have the sense of relief that you're already through anyways but you still most players i know still want to try to win they still want to try to have momentum on their side and i know that's how i feel about it i still want to give my best effort that i possibly can and take the momentum with me to the next round regardless who i'm going to play yeah I, well said well said yep. indeed i think uh johnny here would probably not even realize the scenario was happening he's pretty oblivious <laughs> to these type of things but if i was aware i would like everyone else would still try to win but maybe that sense of pressure is off me and you never know i might actually just pull a rabbit out of my hat and have a really good game with no pressure You'd just be upset because you're not driving the bus and can't pick uh, Wheel of Fortune and stars and such. Yeah, the best bank, and <laughs> don't forget mousing around. <laughs> yeah, I think the situation that happens more often than not, even more than this situation, is when somebody needs to win or get a certain amount of points in order to just wingman somebody else through. So I've seen that plenty of times to where somebody's really going hard in the paint, really trying to get through because they do want to bring somebody else with them to the finals that they feel like that they have an advantage over. I've seen that time and time again. And personally, I think that's fair game because you're still giving your best effort no matter what. So I just feel like in pinball, as long as you're giving your best effort, regardless of what the outcome is going to be for everybody else outside of wherever you finish, I think it's all fair game. Just play your hardest, play, do what you can, try to win the game. Yeah, 100%. Always just try and I was gonna say, like, isn't wouldn't that be a collusion if you end up like purposely draining to try to let someone else through? Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it's not to say that something like that hasn't happened before at all levels. I've heard of it happening at a local community strikes event before, to where somebody was literally telling I forget where it was at, but somebody was telling me the story to where they were telling their opponent, yeah, just don't break this score, don't beat this score, and I'll go through. And so their opponent literally had trapped up and then looked over at him and said, is this what you're talking about, this score? And then the guy's just like, yeah. And then he just dumps his ball, and it's like, whoa, you can't, you can't actually <laughs> do that. That's, that's just way too on the nose. But yeah, I, I don't have any doubt that there's people that may not give their top effort because they want to drag somebody through or take somebody through. It, it wouldn't... I mean, I wouldn't doubt that somebody's done that for me in the past because there's a lot of talented pinball players out there. And I'm sure, you know, for instance, if somebody had the choice between playing like Escher or me, they're going to pick me every single time. Somebody has a choice to play Neil or me, they're going to pick me every single time. Like people will want to play the old man. They won't want to play the young kid. That's world class. So that, I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. And I understand it both ways. Kind of selling yourself short here. I just looked you up. 26 in the world right now. 
Well, yeah, I, I played a little bit, but <laughs> keep this in mind, Mr. Johnny Pinball. It's there's like, and Neil can attest to this. There's some of us that are ranked high, and then there's just the elite of the elite that is just insane to watch. Like if anybody watched Johannes at the World Championships this year, my God, it, it was like the man could not miss anything, and when he did, ball right back on a flipper, and he would just go right back to town. So, yeah, it's just there's a lot of great pinball players out there. And there just happens to be some that just happen to be more great than others. That it's just like they're on God tier right now. Like Zoller, he's like that. Escher's like that. Elwin's like that. Carl's like that. I know Eric Stone can be like that. And it's just, yeah, it, there's just a lot of tough competition out there. Yeah. Where there certainly is. Yeah. You'll basically see him levitating over a pinball machine. <laughs> yeah. Theater yeah, magic. <laughs> No, it, it's crazy. It's um, it's one of those things when you're playing those types of players, no matter what your score is, you realize it's not safe, no matter what. Like We saw that at Expo with, uh, I believe it was Escher Lefkoff and uh, Dalton Ely, and he ended That's up... Star Wars? No, well, yeah, there was that with, again, Zmac, I believe, but this one was on Godzilla. I think Dalton was behind <clears throat> two or three billion oh, yeah. going into the final ball, and he just grinded it out and yeah, situations like that it can happen I, we've seen it happen time and time again and it's just it's crazy you play certain people in certain levels of competition no score is safe look out everyone watch your back well, I, I saw your training videos Johnny I saw them <laughs> oh it was yeah. it was amazing I mean you're training out in the snow you're doing a lot more than any of us would be willing to do it's out there people who need to sleuth me they can find it but the majority of people don't know my training regimen yeah, most of us at the Solar Ball Super Social watch that. Yeah. Oh, did you guys? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite entertaining. Raymond may have saw it. Uh, well, I hear he's advanced to super genius. Yes. I know uh, that's how Travis won his state championship by watching those videos. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, it, it's it, watching those videos. So there's two videos that really helps me, like get in the zone and be able to compete. That's watching Bowen's tutorials and Johnny Pinball's training montage. <laughs> those, those two things. Thank you. Appreciate it, Travis. All right, let's let's go in the let's go in the way past here and take ourselves to the <laughs> Silverball Social. Uh, what? So this was two weeks ago. We were three of us were here except for Johnny. Sadly, couldn't make it. And um, but you, Travis, you won the the warm up tournament against Raymond, right? I did. I caught him off guard. I was more warmed up than he was. Yeah, you were on fire, that's for sure. Well, the problem is, though, I wasted all my good games that day. But, you know, I I don't mind it, though. I mean, if you're going to win, you win the lesser tournament, right? Is that how it goes? You want you want less whoppers. You don't want max whoppers. <laughs> that's what I did uh, the last Tilt and Tuesday. I chose to win the, win the side tournament instead of the main. It's <laughs> yeah. following that advice. Hey, I mean... It, it works, I guess. It, it gets your efficiency. It was that your F percentage up higher, but yeah, yeah. I think was, we all did uh, pretty well that night. I finished ninth. Neil, you finished a little higher, didn't you? Uh, yeah. I don't remember exactly where I finished, but I know it was in the top eight area. Got some money. That was yeah, good for sure. The next day, not so much. <laughs> well, th- th- Matt, you you were so close to the playoffs. Lou. 
I was. I was right there. I just not. I just needed to like not take three lasts in a row. Yeah, make your playoffs. last three rounds, you had two lasts and a third to barely miss the playoffs. A skill shot on Adam's family would have made all the difference in the world. Well, you were in my Mandalorian group, weren't you? Yeah, I don't oh. think I played very well on Mando. Yeah, that game was just kind of a blur. I think I was right there with you to where I was starting to just bozo out in the late rounds, and I was just trying to get my stuff together at that point. But for all of us, if you went deep in the warm-up, though, you were up super late before, and then you're playing pinball all day long. So that's why it's kind of, you kind of pick your poison, whether or not you want to get some rest and be refreshed for just a super long day of pinball, or you can be like us to where you stay up at two or three o'clock in the morning and have to turn, turn right around and wake up at 7.30. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a grind, those types of weekends. They are. And you said, Travis, uh, earlier in the tournament, you said you wanted a first round. You wanted to play first round. No buys. Why is that? I did. So I actually, I'm weird like this, and we talk about this all the time too, Neil. I absolutely, I just don't like buys at all. And a big reason for that, it's not that I wouldn't want to get the extra points or anything like that. I'm just a big believer in momentum. And most of the times I do a lot better if I'm not coming in cold to where I just... I just feel better that I get through a round, I have the momentum on my side, I'm all warmed up, and then I'm playing against at least half of my group is just kind of off to the side and just now coming in to play. So I feel comfortable playing everybody, and I would just rather just be on the on the side of just being as warmed up as possible. And I've tried it both ways. I mean, I've gone to Herbs before and gone hard in the paint trying to get a buy and Sometimes it's worked out to where, okay, I make a deep run because I get to skip that first round. But it's funny, most of the time that I've had success, it's not even having a buy. I think just the only place that I've had the most success having a buy was just the single buy at uh, end disc at the open and not the double buy. So it's kind of, I kind of caught that in between to where I still had some momentum on my side. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just like playing pinball, and if I could play more of it, I don't mind it. Now, that being said, if I have to wake up super early, I instantly regret not having a buy every single time. So, right. I don't know. Maybe I can be convinced one day to really go hard after it. Yeah, that's funny how you say you were. You play also played in the first round of Indus, and so did I, and we both ended up kind of making a run, and you made the you made the finals for Indus and all that. So, yeah, I can definitely see how that works. Oh, yeah. And that's, well, we had that conversation there, too, because I remember you got in at 40th, 40th, right? Or 39th. Yeah. So you were right there on the bubble. And we were even talking about that. There's just something about when you start playing and you start seeing all the shots and you're making all the correct reads. It just, it comes together. And it's a beautiful thing when that comes together. And when you have that momentum on your side, that's just, I mean, it's excellent to do. I, I know for me, if I do have a buy and there's somebody that's coming in that maybe had three first place or just two first places where they just blew the doors off the game, I, for them, I'm more worried about them than I am whoever else is in my group that had the buy along with me. Just because, again, it's just all about momentum. It's all about confidence. Now, that's not to say that they're the better pinball player than other people in my group, but there's just something to be said when you do bring in additional confidence into a group. Yeah, I can see that uh, happening for sure. What do you think, Matt? Do you prefer buys or do you just prefer playing in the first round? 
Ah, uh, I don't get a ton of buys, but so I usually have to play in the first round. Um, I like the buy in the heads up tournament. That was nice, but usually I'm a first round player if I'm lucky. Yeah, I think that would be the one time that I would like a buy. I know for the Stern Pro Circuit Finals that's coming up here in October, I think I have a double buy for that. So I forget exactly where that puts me because we're doing heads up for that. But since it's tiered to where you have different prize pools or different prize availability for the uh, the money according to what, I guess, what level you're at or what round you're in, it's kind of nice just to get the skip over the first two rounds and be guaranteed. Just I, I think it's like 600 or $800 just for showing wow. up at that point. So that is nice. Yeah, but, that's nice. Yeah, that's that's the one time I don't mind to buy. I would like one at state just to, you know, definitely at state. I mean, that's tougher. That's a, that'd be tough. That's top eight. So, but then, you, you know, you know, you're in for a little bit more money. You can watch what that person picked, you know, in their previous round, you see what they're stronger on, what maybe not to pick stuff like that. I think it would be uh, pretty good to have a buy at state. Yeah. And Johnny, like, would you fight for your, for a buy in Wisconsin, or would you try to kind of take a just take your first round? Definitely buy all the way because more chance of getting more money. Why not take yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. Basically, any event I would take the buy. So just gonna make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Travis, so you you were talking about uh, Stern Pro Circuits, and I just wanted to bring this up. You always seem you make a lot of Stern Pro Circuit finals. I don't know exactly how many, but you seem to never win any of them. This is true. I am literally the Buffalo Bills of competitive pinball at this point. That's like a twenty-five-year-old reference right there. Telegram. Project Arcturus couldn't have succeeded without you. This will get you a little closer to that dream of yours. It's not the Dallas Cowboys, but it's a start. Drop me a line if you're on the East Coast. Hank Scorpio. Aw, the Denver Broncos! I think owning the Denver Broncos is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, explain to me why it isn't. (sighs) You just don't understand football, Marge. Do you know how many finals you've made? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. I want to say four. I know there's Kleepin. There was, let's see, Indisc, EPF, and then I think, uh, yeah, Silverball Showdown last year as well. That was in Oklahoma City. But yeah, that one, I lost a tiebreaker on Iron Man to take second. Then Kleepin, I took second. And uh, Open took third. And then TPF, I took fourth, I believe. So, yeah, I'm just, just keep getting there, but just cannot close the deal. I mean, it's just, it's, it's tough when you're playing that type of competition. You just don't have any room for error at all. And so, you know, hopefully, hopefully, eventually Carlos and Carl and Escher, they'll get out of the way and let me actually win one someday. I've been watching some of the Stern Pro Circuit Finals on YouTube, and yeah, the, the competition's great, and those games are, you gotta, if you can get out of the gate and get things going, get it alive, and start hitting some shots, you, you might do okay, but, but they're tough. 
Yeah, they, there's just there's a lot of pressure to it too in terms of okay, you've played all weekend long, you got through the grind of finals, and now you're just three games away from just winning it all, or four games away if it's the open. So, yeah, it's just it, there's a lot of mental toughness that's needed there, and it's just it, it's one of those things where you just got to keep grinding away and you got to stay in it and just hope for the best more than anything. I mean, you do need a little bit of luck on your side in terms of you don't have any control necessarily over how the other three are going to do. All you can do is just try to put pressure on other people to scores or try to make the um, the correct decisions at the correct time. Nice. And uh, what's your next term pro circuit? That's a great question. My schedule's just all crazy i think i'm going to uh oh what's that event called that's up in seattle northwest pinball northwest pinball championship championship yes, yes. that's a good yeah. one the one that uh, I, Jermaine's I think the game list, list yeah. just got announced too for that so you can go ahead and start studying for that yeah i saw it briefly earlier and that game list is something <laughs> it's it's uh definitely not what i was expecting i'm gonna look it up right now <laughs> yeah i I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I just remember briefly seeing it and just going, huh, I'm in danger. Yeah, I think it's uh, the main is Alien Poker, Black Knight Sword of Rage uh, Pro, Black Rose, Congo, Excalibur, Foo Fighters Premium, Hoop, Styled In, James Bond 60th, and Mystery Castle. Ooh, there's that's like highs and lows on that list. Holy cow. Yep. And I think it's a pop a card too. So yes. it's, oh man, yeah. wow, <laughs> pop a card rocks. Pop a luck. Johnny loves pop a card. He was sad that it left District eighty two. That yeah, that's my first pinball game ever played when I was twelve years old. Pop a card. Oh well, yeah, nostalgia is yeah. all the drug. It is. I played it nonstop for two summers while I visited my grandparents. But there are some yeah, there are some good games in there, and there are some questionable ones. I don't know why this mystery castle is all of a sudden the new tournament darling the new doodle bug but it is what it is it's a fun game i i've told carl before i feel like that's the one game just because it's kind of just made its name in that tournament he just needs to have that in every single in disc from here on out yes no matter it, what it is the in disc game yes if it's not mm -hmm. there it's not in disc yep exactly I, it's it just cracks me up because there's you can approach the game a couple of different ways, but there's mainly just one way to really blow the doors off of it towards the end game. And yeah, it requires a lot of trapping up. It requires a lot of patience, but there's just something about seeing the dancing skeletons and you don't know what your score is and you're just playing, you're just kind of waiting. It's a mystery, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what I don't know on this though, I don't know which games to pick. Oh, there oh, it goes. See, I knew it was going to happen, We're getting the Elgato guys. no signal, guys. <laughs> I mean, we made it pretty far in. <laughs> it lasts at least 30 minutes. So as long as I get to that point, it's all good. 23.27 on my time scale. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you guys know. Now it actually happens. A lot of people think I just make it happen on purpose. Oh, like, no. Nope. No. Nope. I'm just stupid. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get it to work. What can you do? So what? out of that lineup, what games would you guys pick? Since you got to pick five, and you got to play them all very well to qualify. Bond 60th. I, Foo Fighters, I can play well, but I know others can play it well, too. That's why, I like, some tournaments, I'm, like, hesitant for those, like, newer Sterns, because I know anybody could blow it up. But, like, Bond 60th, I have a lot 
of time on probably more than people besides people that own one i'm sure because it's on location at a place i hang out at all the time and i sure play it foo fighters is a great game i can't remember the rest of them but those two for uh, sure. uh yeah i agree i'd probably do mystery castle bond 60th foo fighters black rose and maybe congo it also depends on Congo. It depends fun. how the games play and everything. It's just it's situational. I knew Neil would pick Black Rose. Oh yeah, I'm a Black Rose guy. The Congo's the one game I really enjoy. That game I've been very surprised that has not shown up at District 82. I thought yeah, for sure I agree it would be there. Yeah, that's such a fun tournament game. But yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I think those are the games that I would focus on. With that, oops, I've only played it a handful of times. And Excalibur, I don't think I've ever played that. I've seen it before, because I think that was at Indisc a few years ago. Yeah, this is a very interesting bank. It's like hit or miss on some of these games. Well, see, even James Bond 60th, I don't know how to play it. I haven't really paid that close of attention to it, so it's, I don't know. It's not a, Neil, how do you it's approach It's not a it? deep rule set. It's all about the skill shot, baby. Yeah, skill shot's huge, because you get that, if you hold up your left flipper, you do the full plunge, and you shoot the inline drop target, it'll light your multi-ball instantly. Doesn't matter how many multi-balls you already played, it'll light it instantly. So that's a good way to start out your game on that one, for an easy strategy. Do you think they'll have that lit? Like, that'll be available? Or do you think, oh, that, that's can you turn that off? Point. Oh, yeah. If you could. if Yeah, if you can turn it off, like, I don't know, because. Jermaine surely wouldn't do that to us, right? may have to text him, be like, please. <laughs> this is how I was told to play it. Do not screw this up for me. Is this for the Northwest Pinball Championship? Yep. yep. Is that it's in okay. September. I can't find the games. Yep, it's uh, September 8th through the 10th. There we go. And they have a classics too, and a high stakes. I just, I don't know if I'm gonna play those or not. Although the high stakes bank looks really tasty. It's a uh, Beatles, Demolition Man, Iron Man, Meteor, Prospector, and Rush. I was gonna say the high stake looks better Ooh, than the main. that's not yeah. bad. Right? I may just play high stakes the entire time. Just say, screw it. I don't need Stern Pro Circuit points, I need money. How much is the high stakes entry? That's a good oh, I question. I suppose it's right down here. It's uh, one card, $40. Five Oof. games per card. So Oof. is this yeah. one of those? Is this a pump and dump, basically? Uh, kind of, yeah. It's pop a card. So you got to um, you got to put up your best five games, and it's weighted against everybody else, and then you turn it in. And then whatever your combined score is, is what you end up being against everybody. So you need those five games all on one card, yep. preferably. Yep. So you got to pick five or six, five of the six. So knowing me, I'd probably go with Beatles, Demolition Man, Iron Man, Meteor, and Rush. I'd probably avoid the uh, the EM. Although I really do like that EM Prospector. Oh, I'd go Demo Man. It's just it, it's stressful. It's it's my most favorite format, but it's stressful in the sense that you don't have to blow up every single game. You just have to play every game consistently. And it's right. knowing that you're entering your fifth game and you just got to put up an average game for some reason, that could be the biggest mind F for a lot of people. And you got to definitely get over that hump of just not just screwing it up. And I've been there before. I think I played in a, uh, a tournament 2019 at Fantastic, which is up in uh, Massachusetts. And all I needed was 
20 million or something like that on uh, Black Knight Sword of Rage to qualify with my card. And most Black Knights, they play difficult, but this one in particular, it didn't at all. It had ball save, the, uh, the alleys weren't even all the way open, still had rubbers on it. And I had even voided a card earlier with 130 million on it or something like that. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do just fine on this game. And then I step up to ball three with 3 million points. And I'm just like, crap. And then, then of course I end up with only 9 million, just blew up my whole cards. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what makes it fun. That's why it's one of the hardest formats out there. Black Knight's a game kind of about progression, though. You know, I've I've been, had a bad first two balls, but then I go into ball three with, you know, molded multi-ball lit. Like, okay, I can do something here. Yeah, that, that helps a lot. I think what drives me crazy about that game, I, I both like it and I both hate it at the same time, the fact that you have to put the ball out of control just to light your locks. So that kind of... Yeah, with the that's shield. That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you hit that little target... Not the shield, the, to the, the right of it. To the right of it. Yep. Yeah, that's what I meant. It yep. looks like a shield too. <laughs> yeah, it's even more tough too if you have it set to where you got to hit that every single time. I mean, that just makes the game just incredibly hard. Just because it's, you know, you you do need the multi ball in that game. It's unless you can get, I think it's what is it, mud bog, and I can't think of the other mode off the top of my head. There's a couple of modes in there that if you get your power early on, then you could just spam the center ramp and get 65 85 million pretty quick but other than that though you definitely got to grind out points because the jackpots can be pretty significant once you get through the first couple of phases the multi-ball yeah that targets kind of like the bally games the sucker advance bonus shot just whoops down the middle yep i got my four <laughs> games i know everyone's been waiting out there there we go okay travis sent me the list thank you travis no problem all right what so you we're, got? Gonna, we're gonna go hoops Alien Poker. Alien Poker is probably my favorite on this list. Then Foo Fighters Premium. And we'll end with Congo. So are you going to play that fifth game? Or are you just going to turn in a card of four? <laughs> well, if it's a card of five, but usually I'm good enough on just four. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> then I would throw teach, in... Teach uh, me your ways. <laughs> exactly. I would throw in the Black Knight then. I just like the music. Yep, I'm, pl I'm playing it for the music. I could dig that. So your anchor game would be Black Knight. Yes. You'd wait till the fifth game to play And that. I would make sure that I have the, you know, make sure it's legal beforehand, but I'd have the mod where I tap into that action button and put the button on the side of the game where it should be. <laughs> While I'm playing, I can hit it and get the Magna save. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It's it's definitely weird to have the Magna save right in the middle of the lock bar. It, it makes for some interesting decisions. Although it's my terrible. Well, my favorite is, Matt, is when somebody has already drained past it and just out of reflex, they just hit it and then they just waste it and yep. <laughs> can't take it to the next ball. Or I like it when they do that on Bond, even though, like, I don't think you can carry over your play field multiplier or, like, I, that's kind of a pet peeve of mine are button slappers. We used to play with someone who button slapped even games that didn't have it. Do you remember Chris? Uh, he would play and then, like, let's say he was playing you know star wars and he's getting the tie fighters but then he walks up to like the getaway and he's still hitting the center button that isn't there <laughs> <laughs> no i've seen people light the hurry up on star wars and not collect the hurry up and hit the button before like preemptively hit the button before they even start the the button hurry up oh yeah, yeah. stern has trained yeah. us to smash the button <laughs> smash that like button subscribe <laughs> oh yeah there's probably been more people on this planet to move the rush diverter Without a ball <laughs> even being there. Yeah. 
Right. It's gonna wear it out. I like it. I like it when people do it on Mandalorian. Oh, my flamethrower. Oh. On. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that one you're, yeah. you're supposed to hold it down, yeah. right? To get the flamethrower yeah. all the way across. Yeah, it's kind of like the Godzilla heat ray. Right. Yeah, I, I don't mind that one. I think it's funny when I think of action buttons. I Obviously, Star Wars probably has the most intricate use of it since what you have to move around your multipliers you have to lock in your multiplier you could use it for an add-a-ball but i do like the idea of how godzilla did it since you're kind of mimicking i guess godzilla doing his heat blast from his mouth so that, that's pretty interesting in itself yeah that's pretty cool that being said i wish action buttons did not exist <laughs> i would prefer that they're not around that's why iron maiden is the best and last stern game made without action button and that's why it's a great game, huh? Yep. I'm trying to think what. Keith Elwin yeah, knew it. The, well, you actually you bring up a good point. What game outside of Iron Maiden that Stern has made that doesn't have an action button with it? That's recent. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Foo Fighters has one. James Bond has one. Iron Maiden was the last yeah. one without. Oh, all the LCDs it, have it really one was, except was. for Iron Maiden. And then. Good lord, that that blows my mind. Game right of there. Thrones you guys has are absolutely one. Absolutely right. Game of Thrones has one and. That was before LCT era, so well, you have to choose your turtle. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate them, but like, I yeah, I don't necessarily love the pizza challenge or the Tie Fighter shootout. Star Wars, just uh, yeah, it's just kind of a mess. But if you can, if you can work it and you can do it, you can do some impressive stuff. Because I did like a perfect lightsaber battle with like a twenty X multiplier, and I was hitting the shot, then moving it, then hitting it, then moving it, then it was just amazing. It felt so great to do, but it doesn't happen often. Yeah, it definitely feels nice. So, uh, Travis, you recently played in a tournament this last weekend? I did. Good old Buffalo, the beast, the beast. that uh, Jeff Teolis put yep, on. Yep, pinball profile. And final round? Yeah, that too. So, do you want to go into all that? Because I, I, I was looking at the main bank of games, and I was like, wow, this is one of the best main banks I've ever seen. The best main bank? I'm, it, honestly. Cause, Tell me, Neil. Preach. Um... Uh, I don't have the full game. From what I can remember, I know they had AIQ, they had tw- uh, Walking Dead. I don't know. They they had a lot. A oh, rush, right? They had rush, Travis. Yep. Yeah, three three of those games are like one of my favorite game all like favorite games of all time, and, in, and throwing in the same tournament is crazy. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and I know uh, Jeff had said that there are. They are hosting another beast next year, and I think he already has the dates. I, I want to say it's the first weekend of August. Nice. They's having it next year. Yeah. And so for those that haven't heard about this, it's a herb event that has a uh, has a main and has a classics. And yeah, I, I had a lot of fun in it. The games were set up incredibly fair, especially for a herb. It just, you know, it, they weren't set up super easy, but they weren't set up super hard either. So they, they all played just the way you would expect them to. And yeah, the um, the main bank, it was just a bunch of bangers in there. I really enjoyed it. They had uh, Avengers Premium. They had Beatles, Centaur 2. I believe they had Creature. I think here, Viking, Whirlwind, World Cup Soccer, Stargazer, Meteor, Iron Man, and Funhouse. And um, what was it? Legends of Valhalla. That one was in too, which was, which was interesting in itself. But um, well, Teolos is running the tournament. Gonna be in there. Yep, yep. Since he did voice, right? <laughs> or that, I believe. He is famous for that voice. Almost as famous as his stand-up comedian career. 
Now, Travis, could you like quickly explain what a herb style tournament is? Yeah, yeah. So you might hear some people call this a pump and dump. All it is is you could have some tournaments do your top five scores or top five games that you have the highest scores on. Or I think for the beast, it was your top seven. And I've seen some go as high as eight or ten. And so the idea is in a pump and dump, you could play the same game over and over and over again until you get a score that you're satisfied with. And that's that's how it kind of differs from the Papa card that we were talking about earlier in which you can only play one game at a time and you play five games to fill in your card. This one, if you wanted to, for instance, if you were just like, to give you an example, I got stuck in a vortex on Meteor to where I needed to beat 500,000. So I knew I was going to give it six or seven plays in a row. And yeah, it was just playing it over and over and over again. And so like a common phrase you'll hear is when you call over the scorekeeper, you raise your hand after you're done and your score's not good enough, you'll just say void and re because you know you got to do it again and then you'll either start playing immediately if it's your turn or you'll just go back to the end of the queue and just wait till it is your turn. Yep, the classic void re You probably had to do that a lot, Travis. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it was crazy, Neil. I actually, so I did the same thing I did in Chicago. I show up day one. <laughs> Just I, I played very well for what I was doing. I, I thought I was playing lights out and just, I probably played maybe 21 games total, I think, maybe 18 games that first day. I, I totally forget, but I know it was good enough for second overall in the tournament heading into day two. And then day two, it was just like I hit a wall. I don't think one of my scores even went on my card and I probably played 21 or 28 games. And my shots weren't even close either. It was like Mr. Magoo had decided to play pinball. It was so bad. And so it's just like some days just go like that though. It's just you're some days you're hot, you're riding a heater and that's it's kind of how Herb is too. You might put up a massive score and it, it's funny. It, you might have two or three games in a row, different games in which you put up scores that are in the top five or top 10. And then you'll have something to where you play 10 games in a row to where you have to void. Yeah. And you didn't play in the classics, did you? No, no. So I used to play classics and herb a lot, but I've kind of learned this about myself that if I go all in, I end up getting stuck and I end up just playing just way too much. And yeah, most of the times I'll, I'll end up qualifying by doing that. But then at the same time, it's just kind of, okay, at, at what cost? I'm taking myself away from Maine. I'm also kind of taking myself away from either enjoying a show that I'm at or just kind of taking a step away and seeing the sights and sounds of the community that I'm at. And yeah, it's, it's fun playing pinball. It's fun playing in tournaments, but then at the same time, you got to kind of, got to kind of pace yourself to where you're not playing for 15 hours or 12 hours in one day nonstop. And I've seen some people do that and that's perfectly fine. I just know for me, there's just, I can't do that anymore. I, I want to be as fresh as possible. I just want to focus on main most of the time. But that being said, if I do like what the bank is for a classics tournament, you know, I'll play in it. And uh, I think this is a perfect time right now because we're talking about the classics tournament and there's a TD question I think you have for Matt. Oh yeah. You ready for this one, Matt? I'm I'm more than ready. Okay. So imagine this. It's a four-player game, and the players are playing on Jack's Open, right? 
So this is a sing the single player EM. Okay. And imagine a player drains out straight down the middle, and then it appears that they make a big move, and this is on ball five, right? Ball on stream makes a big move, and then the game sets itself to all zeros, and it puts a ball back into the shooter lane. What do you do? Honestly, I would kind of consider that almost like a slam tilt. That It seems pretty... I would think it's kind of cut and dry. Uh, somebody makes a big move on a game and it resets. It's basically a slam tilt, and I would DQ that player. That's what I would do. Interesting. Johnny, what would you do? I'm not a tournament director, but if someone said, hey, you got to make the decision because everyone else here is all the TDs are playing in this group, so you have to make a decision. I'd say, since I didn't see what happened, just start a new game. Interesting. Now, what if you could review the tape since it was on yes. stream? It was on stream. Oh, yep. okay. So the footage is there, and I see he slam tilted it. It's like what Matt was thinking, and he threw it in the air. You know, two legs off the ground, down. That sounds like a DQ. But if it's, oh, I don't know, maybe he just gave it a good love tap, and, you know, it reset. So I'm going to lean more on he gets a more he gets to play his game again. And Neil, what would you have done? I know you know the outcome of this, but what was your thoughts when you first saw it? Well, I yeah, I obviously I obviously watched it. So I I thought I saw him like rage tilt it kind oh, of. Okay. I thought that's what it was going on instead of him trying to save a ball. I thought it was more of him frustrated at the game, so he decided to shake it. The ball was going down the middle, so he's like, yeah. ah, screw this game, and yeah, wham! Well, it, I think it already went down the middle. Like, it was right. like it past the flippers at this the point. hit the apron and was barely popping up real quick before going into the ball yeah. trough. Right, and he starts shaking the game out of frustration and not trying to save the game. So my personal opinion would be I don't think it should be a DQ necessarily because it was on stream. You can see the scores, and... I think his knee, like, something caught the start button. I don't think it was a slam tilt. I think something caught the start button and actually reset it, but you still have the scores. But give him a yellow card for the rage tilt. I guess now that, yeah, I think about it, if the ball is in play, usually on a tilt, you have to address that, like, to clear the, the tilt condition. So, yeah, I guess I didn't kind of think about that, but... I still don't like it. Somebody shaking the game and resetting it, you know. What do we always preach? You don't plunge the ball until your turn's up, right? You don't go up there. You don't right. hit the flipper buttons to try to clear bonus. And then when your ball's over, you just, just let it go until the bonus is done counting. Neil, what happened that one time you restart volley with your leg? Oh, it was a Palooka. Yes, oh, yeah, I was. Palooka. That's yeah, it was on my first ball, and uh, I think I was trying to go. I was trying to save the ball or whatever, and I accidentally leaned into the game and actually hit the start button on the game, and that was a DQ. But then there's also no stream on it. Right, everybody <laughs> just knows you're a ball. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was is that I believe Adam Becker called our overlord Josh Sharp to get confirmation and. 
basically of course the chat was going wild and everything and what ended up happening was is Zoller was DQ'd he got a zero now it wasn't because of a rage tilt what he actually did even though he kind of gave the machine a little bit of a shove he actually had hit the button with his knee and reset the game that way because the ball you did see his score go past because he actually did roll the game and you saw it was like a hundred and three thousand or something like that and then you just saw the scores revert back to zero and a ball got put back into the shooter lane it was just ball one of a new game so even though they saw it on stream and they could tell what his score was before they still called it a zero and called it a dq for resetting the game and i think that's that's the right thing to do i think if you if you end up declaring well we could all see a score before the reset that he did because it wasn't a game malfunction necessarily at that point he literally just hit the start button i think you would set a bad precedent for people to kind of be able to get away with some stuff in the future so it, it was a it was a tough decision but i agree with oh it. yeah for sure Josh, you know, we think around the same lines. DQ, doesn't matter how we got to the decision, but we yep. both got to the same place. So, Was there was there also a yellow card thrown in there, Travis? Uh, that, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they gave him a yellow okay. card or not. Cause I th- okay. Oh, I would have been throwing out yellow cards. That's <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Travis, you know our segment. What do you give Matt? Is Matt a bozo? Or... Super genius. Well, he actually got this one right, even though he was getting it right for the wrong reason. So I'll say he was a super genius bozo on this one. All right, that's fair enough. He, oh, he, he, he got fair. to the right he got to the right point. Yeah. <laughs> I like Matt's T D. I, I like I, I always agree with anything he says. He's had to come over a couple of times when I'm at District eighty two, but he generally he knows what's up. And like I said, the first rule about being a TD, any decision you make, any decision, you ask somebody else. Yes, that, that is very important. And I fully agree with that. If you have co-TD, and anybody listening to this, if you're, if you're a TD yourself and you have a co-TD with you, even if you know exactly what it is, I would always recommend consulting with the next person. Because then at the very least, the other person learns a little bit more as well, which helps you in the future for other decisions. But yeah, I think it's always good to verify that that this decision is going to be right. And this is the decision that you guys are going to go with and you go from there. And that's, you know, a lot of times you see when there is a T decision, they're all there because they all, you know, want to know and want to absorb it and, and make sure that what they thought was right, what, okay. And maybe you learn something. So that's why they're always congregating. The more, you know, So, uh, Zop, I mean, uh, Raymond ended up winning that tournament, uh, the classics tournament. He did. So he did. He played. He played lights is out. That, is that kind of his strength? Classics. Um. Yeah. He. He. Yeah. He. He's able to play basically. Of course. I mean, it's Raymond Davidson. He could play any era. But yeah, classics. He's just. He's really yeah. dangerous on that. And I think he's finding since we've kind of welcomed him to the seniors division at this point. He's 30 now? Yeah, yeah. He's kind of finding. He's like, wait a second. I can still play classics just fine. I mean, Bob Matthews has proven you can you can get way up there and you'll you'll be just fine. So we all still have, you know, even in the seniors division, we have a solid 40 years to go before we really lose it with the EMs and the solid states. Yep. 
So we'll give a big super genius to uh, Raymond there. Uh, and we'll move on to the main tournaments. Uh, do you want to talk about how you did? Because I know you didn't you didn't end up getting a buy in this tournaments, and so you played the first round. Correct. From so yeah, I found myself being so I started out Saturday number two, and then I just kind of as I was putting up bad games, I just kind of kept slipping down. And basically, since I knew that we were playing banks, also I was just kind of like, we'll just leave it be where it is, and I should be able to be bus driver. And yeah, I ended up being uh, the tenth seed, which meant I had second pick, since ninth seed is technically the top seed in the first round. And I went with the bank of Whirlwind, Meteor, and Avengers Infinity Quest. Ooh, yep, I, I was really happy to see that bank, and I felt really confident going into it. So. Um, you know, spoiler alert, it did not work out well. I was just like a plane with uh, with everything on fire and I didn't quite do the landing. I more or less just skidded off the runway more than anything. But no, Whirlwind went just fine though. It's, it's probably the nicest playing Whirlwind I've ever seen in my life because the upper flipper was so strong and it the shot was exactly where you thought it would be and you could make the ramp at least I, I maybe half ramped once all weekend on that. So I'd say it's like 95%. It was it was fantastic. And the scores reflect that. I think Zoller had 60 million in qualifying. And I was right behind him with 48. Wow. And there was a lot of people with above 20 as well. So, but yeah. It does make a big difference when that flipper is doing what it's supposed to. I, you could say argue the week one, I mean, I'll, I'll, District 82's games play great, don't get me wrong, but you got to be dead nuts with that shot if you're going to make it. Yeah, and the problem is, too, if you are dealing with a weak upper flipper on Whirlwind, then it just becomes about just getting through the cellar and maybe spamming the target up the middle and kind of lighting some other stuff. But yeah, it, it kind of takes away the grind on it in terms of just rotating through your multi-balls over and over and over again and hoping for one jackpot to where it it felt good to be able to trap up and then just keep spamming the, the side ramp as often as possible because then you're still being rewarded for control and then it just felt good just to be able to hit that shot too it's just it's not often that you see certain copies of that game to where you could handle the side ramp at will so that i don't know that just made it a lot more fun to play but uh, yeah, so I got lucky on that with, and surprisingly, like six six point five million just barely won. I think all Bowden had to do, he had his uh, ramp lit for a jackpot with a ball in the shooter lane, and all he had to do was just plunge through it, and it rattled, and then he drained shortly after. So I kind of got lucky on that. Oh, ouch! Yeah, yeah, that oh. one was rough. And then we played Meteor, and this Meteor was probably the craziest meteor i've ever encountered ever the shot yeah i'm looking i'm looking at the scores right now and i'm hoping the spinner no, is not no. dialed on it. <laughs> it was not so here's what's crazy Neil. imagine <laughs> and everybody out there imagine a meteor shot from you're trapped up with your left flipper right you guys in you know, all three of you know where that spinner shot is on there right now imagine you take you oh, take yeah. that shot where you think it's going to be, and you hit the left side of the stand-up target instead. <laughs> it was wild. It was like wow. the end of the stroke was just so short that as soon as you barely touched that flipper, it was just firing. So you had to think late, 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 late. And I finally got to where I was imagining myself hitting the top right uh, drop target. The drop yeah. targets? And that's yeah. the only way I would hit the spinner. 
So, yeah, it was just... And then by the time you even hit it, the damn thing wouldn't even spin. Hardly at all either. I mean, you would... So I was it's get, like a Gottlieb spinner? Oh, man. It was bad. Those early ones? Oh, it was yeah. so bad. That thing needed so, so much oil. It needed a whole factory full of oil to get through that. So, yeah, you would hit it. It would be fully juiced up, and you might get maybe... 22,000 points out of it somewhere around there oh that's yeah. rough Ooh. yep so that's why you see that's the scores gross. where they're at and it, <laughs> it was definitely a bonus heavy game but in our game i think i ended up coming in third with a hundred and four thousand and that was that was even after a couple of rips too it just it was not going you had to play a bonus and you had to stay alive and the good thing is i think they had the bonus multiplier carry over to ball to ball which is completing your meteor targets up top with the upper flipper so i ended up draining out early without even touching any targets because i did the uh the bozo plunge where you do a full plunge right and it comes over in between the pop bumper that's up top and the targets and then it hits off the joint yep. of your upper flipper and goes over your upper flipper where you don't even get a clean shot so i did that drained out early and yeah just couldn't get anything going and uh i guess yeah. long story short i got over to the avengers and very confident on that this is probably the most freest avengers i've seen since expo i mean people are just blowing it up left and right and uh i think i got to a point to where i was at 41 million going into ball three and i just needed to get to 85 or 86 million to punch my ticket to the next round to take both Bowden and me to the next round and my opponents were I think uh, player one was already eliminated because he had zero points and player two that was at three points he was in second place with 165 and some change but 200,000 behind uh, the guy that was currently in first place so if he tie or if he take second he ties me up at five if i take last so i had to get to 85 million and i had mind gem lit with the portal and a portal lock at that and i was two locks away from iron man multi-ball and i had an extra ball lit at that sanctum target so that's 25 million right there just if i hit that target so i well it depends how it's set up it can also be 10 right million. this on this particular thing it was 25 million so all I had to do was just start my mode or start my quest. I'm in, you know, the, the portal lock situation. That's two X, uh, mode points and just jam out on that, hit the target. I'm good. That didn't happen. I, I started my mode and I played it. I kind of bozoed around for a few. I got my iron man multiball started and I wasn't looking up. I just kept trying to spam towards because the ball save was still going and I just kept trying to spam towards that target because I'm like eventually it'll hit and then it got to where um oh go I, ahead Matt Travis did you say what mode you started uh, mind quest I'm sorry yeah yep. okay yep so mind quest is where you got to hit either up the middle Captain Marvel ramp or the right orbit which is a Black Panther shot or I think it's the Hulk spinner shot the left side yep so, Yep. I kind of like to play that mode a little more controlled because if you hit the correct shots, you don't have to hit that stand up at the very end of it. And, you know, it can be worth a lot of points, too. Um, that stand up is that's the post on Avengers. It It's cool, but it's not. It can be the biggest pain in your ass when it wants to be. Oh, yeah. And it was. 
Like I, I officially <laughs> hate that disc more than anything in the world now. Yeah, I, um, I legit hit it. I'm not even joking, guys, because I, I kept count because it just kept happening over and over and over again. I hit that post six times while I was in the way oh. of the target. So I played through a full mind quest, a full Iron Man multi ball, never hit the sanctum target once, and I end up draining out with like low 60s or something like that. So yeah, if I would have just hit that one target at any point, I would have been through to the next round. And it's it's always like that. You mm -hmm. just need that one shot, yep. and then you could have won the world championship. Right? right? Exactly. Exactly. So. I ended up tying, went to a tiebreaker automatically on Viking, and then yeah, that game just totally just took the biggest dump on me ever. I think I got a ball and a flipper once to where I tried to save it, where it's going down the middle and just kind of popped the ball straight up and right back down the middle. And yeah, after that, I never got a ball and a flipper even one time. I think I ended up with like 13,000 to end my tournament. It was bad. And they... They had it modded too, to where you couldn't do any outlane bumps either. So if you Aww. if you drain the outlane, Aww. it was gone. Takes the fun out of it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I would much rather see if anybody could do a modification on Viking. I'd rather just see your your bonus super bonus not carry over, and maybe limit a bonus collect to just one per ball or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't see physical mod like when you're physically modifying a classic game. I don't understand that because classic games aren't the problem. They usually aren't the ones holding up the tournaments. Right. Yeah. Um, I did see though that there's the centaur game. There was something about it. Is that correct? Is that correct, Charles? Yeah. There was no. Uh, they had multi balls turned off on it. Oh no. Mm -hmm. Yep, and I didn't read the fine print. I kept hitting orb over and over again. I'm like, where the hell is everything? What's going on? And so I shats for a few, and I'm like, okay, where's that at? And I looked up, and yeah, sure shit, there it was on the back glass. It probably would have helped if you were wearing a uh, leather jacket and motorcycle helmet. Yeah, rocking out the Lady Gaga. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it was kind of it was interesting without multi ball because it kind of it turned the meta into build up your bonus. Try to get your carryover and then just send it up top. Get your bonus X. That's kind of what it turned into after a while, which which is okay. But yeah, I I miss not having multi ball in that game. Yeah, it definitely takes the fun out of the game. Yeah, it would, it's it was kind of like um, I guess imagine World Cup soccer without you hit final draw and then the game just throws up middle fingers to you instead, <laughs> just kicks the ball back out. So I well so that was it. That was my tournament nil, unfortunately. I didn't get to play in quarterfinals or semifinals or finals. I just, I got to play my first round without a bye. And so my day was wide open after that. Yeah, I think that's a rare first round exit for Travis. Yeah, it's, oh, it's been rough. I think the... Were you chewing gum? That's the question. Because you always seem to like chew gum. Oh yeah. During your yeah, I was chewing gum that day. Yeah, and there's, there's a reason for that too. People have been asking me about that. So there's actually, I had to do this a lot during uh, during baseball. There's actually science behind it that if you chew gum, it enhances hand-eye coordination and enhances reflexes, believe it or not, for a certain amount of time. So that's a big reason why I chew gum. It's not because I'm nervous or not because of anything like that. I'm simply ensuring myself that I have the best reflexes possible. And proving to the world you can play pinball and chew gum at the same time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
Insider tournament tips here at Tri-Ball Podcast. (laughs) Yeah, some people use... uh, The Summer Classic, Thorne's going to be like, there's fucking gum under every machine. (laughs) Going to outlaw gum. No, I'm telling you, it's funny. I've told a couple of other... I won't name them on the podcast, but I've told a couple other top-tier players. I'm like, hey... Joel. Yeah, this is... Yeah, Joel. (laughs) Joel Joel needs like a full (laughs) big league chew in both of his cheeks to survive that. But yeah, I, I told a few to do it and just try it out. And yeah, they all became believers. As soon as they started doing it, they were like, oh yeah, there's there's something to this. It just, it keeps you alive. It keeps you moving. And yeah, it's either that or I'll have to resort to wearing a headlamp eventually yeah. since my eyes are getting worse. So yeah. I don't know. To me, I, mean, I haven't tried it, right? I'm not going to dock it too much yet, but it seems like the space jam effect. You keep doing it so you're playing better. Oh yeah. That... <laughs> It could be that I don't know, but honestly, like so, it, it's funny. We I did not believe in this at all, but we had, and this is a long time ago. We had a sports psychologist come talk to us, and this is during baseball days. And yeah, that was one of the things that they cited that they were like, "Look, you know, you're looking for an edge any way you can go. Here's what it is. Here's the science behind it." And it's yeah, it it's nuts. Like some of the eye training that's available. That I'm actually really surprised. I, it wouldn't shock me if somebody in pinball eventually starts doing this because I know they do it in baseball all the time. They do it in football all the time. They do it at high level sports in terms of being able to track a ball that's moving. And it just, it makes so much more sense to do this in pinball because what are we all doing? We're all tracking a ball that's in constant movement. So yeah, it, it, in theory, it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe this whole time, Johnny, it's been a, a Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan situation. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for part one of this episode. We ran a little long, and you know the rules. We can't go over an hour. And plus, I've got to run. I've got to go up north. I've got to hit the beach, hop in the lake, go fishing, all that fun stuff. So look for part two sometime this week. Welcome to Intermission. Yeah, intermission.